Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Joe Cook. Today, I'm joined by Ian Boyd, pinch hitting for Justin Wells. Blame me on that one. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel. Make sure you also check out InsideTexas.com. You can get six months of Inside Texas for only $30. It'll get you all the way up, I think, basically to uh, the month of November. So bulk of the season, give us a try. And today, Ian, we'll be talking with you about an article you published on Thursday morning on Inside Texas about the three toughest offenses that the Longhorn defense will face. And it kind of dovetailed with what you uh, had written about, I think, on Tuesday about trying to find the hole in the Texas defense. There aren't any big ones. Uh, there are some spots that maybe Pete Kwiatkowski and Steve Sarkeesian uh, would like to be stronger, but that doesn't mean that it's just a glaring weakness that they're uh, pulling their hair out about at this point. So let's start there. And, and where do you think that teams will try to make hay, I guess to say, against the Longhorns, uh, the Longhorn defense this year? Well, the um, looking at the team, the, the most obvious weaknesses are there's not a dominant pass rusher, and they're starting back over at Buck, weak side edge. Uh, we saw in 2021 that it, there could be a problem if you don't have a really solid player there. Uh, right now it's the sophomore Ethan Burke that's likely to, to win that job, so we, we don't know exactly what that will look like. And then behind him at weak side linebacker, they don't have Demo anymore. So you look at – those are – all obvious um, question marks for the team. If you look at things like, you know, interior defense, coverage, uh, know-how of veterans on the back end, Texas checks so many boxes. They have maybe four potential future NFL cornerbacks on the roster. They have Jalen Catalan if he's healthy. They have Jaron Thompson. It'll be a almost a third-year starter. So yeah, if you're if you're looking for a place to attack this team, you need a you need a squad that can either run the ball consistently and just avoid trying to deal with all those NFL players in the secondary, or you need um, to be able to take advantage and, and launch some deep shots and try to get some easy points so you don't have to maintain drives. So I think uh, that kind of mentions or that just brings up what you mentioned that running the ball is going to be you know consistent running is going to be the way that teams try to to get Texas and get most of their yards until uh you know they take those deep shots and uh as a result you pick the three teams on Thursday uh, that you believe would pose the biggest challenge to the Texas defense and uh one of those comes in week two and uh that's Alabama and I'm looking back at last year's um box score really quickly uh, Alabama had 161 rushing yards, uh, but you got to remember that what was it, 80 something of those yards were on that Jace McClellan run. So uh, you know, even though they had, I think, I guess it was like 26 carries for about 80 something yards, but you think that the Alabama offense with Tommy Reese and Tyler Buckner and uh, Jace McClellan, um, uh, forgetting the East Texas. Uh, running back that they have as well. You think that rushing attack maybe paired with some of the receivers that they've added could be one or is one of the three that'll give Texas some of the most challenges, especially in Tuscaloosa, probably at night in week two. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's a big component right there. Uh, maybe not so much because of Tyler Buckner and Tommy Reese, but there are challenges from the offense. I would say more guys like Tyler Booker and JC Latham, the right side of their line. Um, 
Darian Dalcourt, Seth McLaughlin. They have a fairly veteran-looking offensive line. They have a couple of young, like, five stars that are breaking into the lineup. Booker, aforementioned, is one of them. They have a really big group, and I think they're really, really going to dive into run blocking this offseason. Like, every report you read out of Tuscaloosa is they know that they need to run the ball to win games next year. They have big, physical, talented uh, offensive linemen. Reese ran an offense that was very run-centric at Notre Dame. They added a tight end in the portal. So it's going to be a very talented running game. And uh, that's going to be – that's basically going to answer one of the big question marks for Texas very early on is can they still be stout against the run without Overshone and, and without Ovia Gofo? And, and yeah, also yeah. Cobra. Yeah. Is, Coburn, Ojimo, those are two draft picks. Those are top 250 players. So they, they were a big part of that Texas defense. And, you know, I think you either wrote about this on, on your sub, sub stack or maybe on Inside Texas. Uh, Notre Dame, you know, under Brian Kelly and under Matt Freeman and Tommy Reese spanned both those coaches, all their offensive linemen are always in three-point down, three point stance. They always got a hand in the dirt. And last year, uh, I think if you checked out – uh, Blue and Gold Illustrated, the on three Notre Dame site. Tyler Horka, who's a Texas ex uh, himself, wrote a story about basically Tommy Reese was in the booth, and I forget who they were playing, uh, but Tommy Reese, for some reason, needed to go from the booth down to the sideline. So at a certain point, their signals were bad. Their, uh, yeah, the, the headset wasn't working. Yeah. So at a certain point, he just basically says, keep running duo until I get down there, basically just yeah. keep running the ball over them. So they're not afraid to run the dang ball and Texas's uh, defensive tackles and the defensive front will be tested in that regard pretty early. So uh, that's the Crimson Tide. The other two teams you picked were big 12 teams. So Rice and Mike Bloomgren and Craig Bull in Wyoming, you don't see as being much of a threat. Neither do I. Uh, but the other two teams were Kansas State. To st we'll start with Kansas State. So they lose Deuce Vaughn, but they bring back uh, uh, Howard, the quarterback. Uh, they bring back an All-American offensive lineman in, in Cooper Beebe. They lose some of their guys on the outside, but they still have a lot of the interior pieces that uh, can help make that rushing attack and then the play-action deep shot a possibility for the Wildcats. Yeah, exactly. You know, they return – I think uh, Chris Kleiman said something like they were returning eight of their top offensive linemen. Um, just everyone decided to come back. They had a couple guys, BB and maybe Leviston, the left tackle from Waco Bidway. Uh, the tech was a one-time Texas target. They had a couple guys that probably could have entered the draft and maybe gone in later rounds and decided to come back. So they are very, very stout up front. Um the play action part is the tricky part. They were really good last year. They had Malik Knowles. They had uh, Kurt Warner's son, Cade Warner, who beat Texas deep at least once on like a, a double move, kind of a kind of a little tricky route that they ran. Those guys are all gone. They got an Iowa transfer that they really like based on reports, but you know, everybody likes their transfers and spring practice reports. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Up front and in the run game, they look very in, in imposing um, it's just one of those another one of those teams where if texas is going to be vulnerable in the run game at all kansas state's going to be one of the teams that'll test it whether or not they can score points over the top i think is a little less clear but uh 
you know, that, that that's the reason that Kansas State's like projected to contend for the Big 12 over under eight and a half wins on the season is that all those big physical guys up front. Maybe this is a little bit of a tangent, but do you think Colin Klein and uh, Tommy Reese maybe cut from very similar cloths with how they uh, maybe run the quarterback and, and formulate their offense? They, they have looked a little bit similar. Um, their playing careers were so very different, so that'd be kind of an interesting thing if they landed on, on a similar place. It's hard to know because Reese has not had some of the weapons thus far in his, his coaching career um, to see what if maybe he would look more like his days at Notre Dame when he had more receivers and they were spreading teams out more. But um, I think next year they will be similar. They're both probably going to run a lot of duo, just run right at you and see what happens. Let's see. I'm, I'm trying to look through Kansas State's schedule. Of course, that Alabama game is is week two. Uh, Kansas State, that game is not till uh, November 4th. And Kansas State could be – they could be coming in with a pretty good record at that point. That may be a game that gets the primetime treatment because it's not like Kansas State faces murderers row. Uh, they do face you know, a couple good teams with teams they should handle. One southeast, south southeast Missouri – and then play Troy, who is one of the probably better Sun Belt teams in a good Sun Belt. And then they play Mizzou uh, in week three. So there's teams that they probably could be able to handle, uh, but they get some of the, you know, they get Oklahoma State, UCF. I don't know what happens after that, but uh, that could end up being a, a big game in, in Big 12 uh, implicate with Big 12 implications. And then the third game you picked. Uh, Texas fans are not going to like to to hear this, to know that the Red Raiders are once again a thorn in the side of the Texas defense. But under Zach Kitley and, and Joey McGuire and with Tyler Shook back, uh, you think that the Red Raiders and their kind of new, new, new-ish air raid attack on Black Friday are going to give the Longhorns some issues. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Yeah, I just... Every time I look at that team and learn more about that team and what they have coming for this this next year, they just look like the class of the league, along with Texas. I know that that will be surprising to some people, but they have all their receivers back. They added a really fast slot receiver from the FCS. Kitley is very, very good at scheming open vertical routes for slot receivers. His quarterbacks are both experienced. They have big arms. They have, it's basically similar to like one of those Cliff Kingsbury teams, 
Only instead of Cliff Kingsbury at the top, they have Joey McGuire at the top, setting a culture of effort, physicality, toughness, and defense. It's like just filling in all those things that Texas Tech hasn't had for years, even while they've had dangerous offenses. So it's a really it's a really potent combination. I don't know that people are really coming to grips yet with what that means. But um, that is a game that I think is a little bit scary for Texas. It's probably better to face them late in the year on a short week in Austin because I don't know if the Tech depth will be there or not. But, um, yeah, well, challenging team, very aggressive. We'll try to score points. We'll keep coming at you. We'll go for it on fourth down, et cetera, et cetera. That, it's possible that'll be the most challenging game of the year for the defense, depending on how Alabama looks early in the season, right, with like a new coach and some new and new designs. Um, one of the things that I think people want to know about with Texas Tech is, are they going to go for eight fourth downs again or however many it was? And uh, the quarterback that they used when they did that versus Texas is now at U of H, Donovan Smith. Uh, so now they have Tyler Shook back. Uh, they also have Baron Morton, um, who I think I think he's from the Lubbock area, uh, yeah. made a homecoming after going to Mississippi State. Um, are those the types of players that they could use to continue that go for it and throw the kitchen sink at Texas strategy, or may they maybe they or will they try to use maybe you know the running game and other air raid uh, tactics to try and pick up those fourth downs no they're i mean it looks like they're going to keep running the quarterbacks uh, tyler shuck got like 24 carries in the bowl game or something wild 20 it was a lot not they're probably not gonna do that every week right because it was the bowl game so you know they don't have to save him for game eight so to speak but yeah they run shuck they'll run him the same way they did smith he's pretty good at it he's always been pretty good at it he's bulked up to 230 i think he was like 215, 220 when he arrived in Lubbock. And Baron Morton, too, that guy can run. And he's gained like 15 or 20 pounds of muscle this offseason as well. So I think McGuire is committed to taking chances and running his quarterback for the advantage. And if they get hurt, they get hurt. So, uh, yeah, that is still a component to their offense. The aggressiveness on fourth down was not just a Texas thing. They did that against a lot of teams. They, they play for keeps out there. Yeah, and um, well, I guess one last question about Texas Tech is I know they have they've had really they'll get some really good offensive linemen like they can snag a, they've snagged five star guys uh, in the past maybe not guys but they have had a five star offensive lineman and they get you know high four stars who some may be closer to Lubbock but they'll get some guys from DFW that a lot of different teams want so what do they have on the offensive line that may help that and that help them in that area. I don't know if they're super stacked with talent um, in the recruiting rankings, but both tackles played last year. Uh, so they're returning starters on the outside and they're flipping them to put the younger, more talented guy on the left now. And then the interior, they have a couple guys. They have like a guy that played tackle at West Western Kentucky for Kitley. That's now a guard. They have a guy that uh, was a, I think a big center, Rusty Stats from Western Kentucky. So they have these guys that are, used to the offense. They have the athleticism and the size to, you know, get in the way and buy time for all the deep shots that they like to take. 
And for whatever reason, Texas Tech has been good at running the ball for like, I don't know, like five or six years now. Maybe it was a little bit of credit to Matt Wells for bringing a little bit of a physical mindset. Or I don't know exactly, but they've maintained it. And uh, they have good backs. They can, they can run the ball. Yeah, I've been a big fan of – I like Sir Roderick Thompson. I thought he was a really good player. I like Taj Brooks, who I believe is – is yep. still there and you know he's he's a pretty stout guy so that the, both of them were so they have tight ends too they have like they have baylor cup from texas a&m some huge guy named mason tharp yeah. pretty sure cup caught a touchdown against the longhorns last year so those are your three um you'll probably be coming back with the the toughest defenses texas will face i guess coming next week or in the coming weeks so make sure you check out inside texas and there's one more thing that uh, we wanted to talk about, um, in case you were not aware, uh, there was a rule change uh, in college football for the upcoming season that makes some of the clock rules closer to those of the NFL. Uh, used to that if you, let's say it's about five minutes, or excuse me, let's go eight minutes left in the third quarter and you got a first down, the clock would not start again until the chains and the ball were set and ready to play. That rule is gone, I believe, except for in the final two minutes. And so basically the clock rules in college football look pretty similar to those of the NFL, um, except for in the last two minutes. Even in the NFL, the clock keeps going no matter what. I think the clock, the chain, the clock will still stop when the chains are moving in college football. And Steve Sarkeesian, he's on a speaking tour uh, across Texas this week and, and into next week. Uh, along with the Texas X's, and he was asked about that in Dallas on Wednesday night. And there was an aspect that I thought was, you know, was very relevant, and that's his NFL experience. He mentioned that, hey, I've I called plays for a couple of years with the Atlanta Falcons, and and you know, I'm used to this type of clock rules and how it can affect games. And while he admitted, you know, that's a chance for fewer plays, which even when you have a 12-team playoff, yeah, your games are having fewer plays. How do those balance? But in the scope of one in particular game, you're probably going to have fewer plays. Those 100-play games, unless the Texas offense continues to go three and out and defense gives up fourth down conversions, probably aren't going to happen. So I guess that's all to ask. What do you see as far as the number of plays Texas may be altering their strategy to, whether it be tempo or the balance or anything else like that in light of these new rules. Yeah, the quotes that you sent me from Sark on that were very interesting because he talked about the balance of, um, you know, if, if there are fewer plays in a game and you execute your plays more efficiently or you want to protect your defense from being on the field a lot, then it can help you. But on the other hand, if you have a really talented offense and you're going to out-execute the defense if you get enough chances or you have more depth in the defense, then it behooves you to run more plays so that you can uh, kind of decrease the variance of the game by saying, okay, maybe you out-execute out us for 30 snaps, uh, Baylor or TCU or whoever, but the more snaps we add to this game, the less chance that your defense can hold up against our offense the more likely it is that Kelvin Banks starts wearing somebody out, you know, or that Jordan Whittington gets loose, whatever. 
back in tempo used to be more of an underdog strategy and it has benefits for underdogs, but Oklahoma ran tempo in 2008. You probably remember and, and, and probably a lot of our listener uh, viewers do as well. And it was like just dominant. Cause it was like, we cannot stand up to this team for 80 snaps in a game. They had all these NFL linemen, Jermaine Gresham. They're going to kill us. They're going to wear us out. So I think that's going to be an interesting, um, Sark didn't really tip his hand on what he feels will be the better strategy. Will it be better with this Texas team to embrace the shortened game and out-execute teams within a lower number of snaps and rely on defense or what have you? Or do they actually want to push the pace and try to get more, you know, more chances to throw to all these receivers on the roster? And uh, I think Sark maybe is more naturally inclined to out-execute teams over a shorter game. But I think he may look at this roster and say, we got to push the tempo more and throw the ball because the more times we have Quinn Ewers throwing to, you know, a receiving core so deep that we're not even sure who the starters would be in 11 personnel, um, the better our chances of just blowing away big 12 teams and building huge leads. So that'll be an interesting thing to watch this season. Yeah. I feel like in years past when you have, a run game that features Bijan and Roshan and you have tight ends and extra offensive linemen, you make all those subs to have these new formations. And that just naturally takes time off the clock because you're subbing, you're running play clock may not see as much of that this year. So it may, like you mentioned, behoove Sark to go ahead and keep a lot of the same personnel on the field and just keep it going and, and trust your guys, your, and your passing game uh, in order to do that. So Good talk, Ian. Thank you so much for for pinch hitting uh, and talking about what you recently posted on Inside Texas. Make sure you like the video, uh, subscribe to this channel. We keep it coming all off season here on On Texas Football. Ian, you'll even be back tomorrow, most likely, uh, for the live stream with Bobby, Jerry, and uh, whoever else decides to join. Make sure you check out Inside Texas. You can get six months of access for only. so today is May 11th. I guess that'll get you to Veterans Day, and that'll get you through that Kansas State game that we were talking about. So uh, thank you for watching. Uh, Thank you, Ian. Thank you to our producer, Matthew Hutchinson, and we will see you next time.